Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Rugger Matrix USA, the grand final wrap. Hello, I'm your host, Juro Sin, joined in the moment by the coaches again. Paul Keeler from San Francisco and Mike Tolkien from New York. They join me to talk about the big one, Bruce McLean, away tonight again. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Rugger Matrix USA. And this week we look at the big one, the result that went Nyack's way in a thriller in the Super League Championship match in San Francisco against San Francisco Golden Gate, 28 points to 25. And I have the two coaches on again. They went toe-to-toe last week. And then on the weekend they went toe-to-toe and we've got them. Uh, we've got them again tonight. Mike Toll, congratulations on the victory. Thanks, Euro. I appreciate that. It's uh, certainly a good uh, good day for the boys, and it's good to come out of uh, San Fran with the win. Yeah, it looked terrific on Ustream, and, uh, well, Paul Keeler, it, uh, you said there are no sharp objects around the place while you're recording this. Uh, it's a tough one to take. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was uh, the only loss on the season, so it, it, I guess it's tougher when it's in the final, and I really just I feel for the players more than myself and hopefully uh, for me it won't be the last final that I'm in but for players you just never know well what a great spectacle um, as I said I watched it online uh, it looked terrific could have done with a few people uh, holding their cardboard boxes down a bit lower with signs on it however <laughs> it did look a picture the day looked fantastic uh, and I'm going to start with you Paul uh, the expectation you'd prepared so well for this game and uh, you appeared to do everything right and it was a thriller too, so, you know, taking that into account, you also said you expected New York to come and, and play and and play hard, and they played it right out to the end. Oh, yeah, definitely. First, you know, my apologies about the height of the camera. I didn't know it at the time, but um, the lift that we have broke, I guess, right about five minutes before kickoff. So oh, Bruce wasn't on it, wasn't, was he? No, no, he wasn't. <laughs> um, Thank God. I think somebody might have thrown him off if it was. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so unfortunately the, the, the angle wasn't what we originally anticipated, but I guess the stream was pretty good. Uh, yeah, it was. It was really good, actually. Um, so you got a good idea. And if it was a little bit higher, it would have been fantastic. But in terms yeah. of a game, a grand final, a championship game, it was a perfect day. Uh, and, and, and I know it's hard to forget the result, but what about the occasion? It was pretty good. I think it was, a, I mean, a fabulous occasion. You know, the, the the place was packed. I think it was a great atmosphere. It was a great game for the fans. I I know that we got nothing but compliments from from uh, everybody involved. Uh, as far as you know, fans who came on the day, they were they were all pretty happy. Um, we prepared very well, uh, you know, and we had our opportunities to win it. Made some mistakes, I thought. In the first half, I counted about three tries we probably could have had, uh, but left wanting. Well, Mike, uh, what about the game itself uh, in terms of how it progressed? It was tight all the way through, 10-8 at half time, in your favour, and then to finally win 28 points to 25, uh, a mighty kick to decide it. As as the coach, um, was it a roller coaster ride? No, oh, no doubt, no doubt about it. It was, uh, you know, the game kind of played out as uh, as I expected, and probably most people expected. It was a really close, uh, close fought match, and um, 
you know, getting down to the end, it was, you know, three points here and then up Golden Gate up by five. And then we, you know, worked hard down in the corner for and uh, had a lot of possession and territory for 15 minutes, punched it in. The Golden Gate got that late try, um, you know, and with three and a half minutes, we, we were able to get the 10 points. But uh, certainly a roller coaster ride, extremely entertaining for the fans. Uh, as coaches, you prefer something a little more clear cut at that point. But, uh, you know, it, it was certainly a roller coaster and it, it was it was a great game. It was an entertaining match. And, uh, you know, as Paul said, it was a uh, it was a good spectacle on the day for the fans and for the Super League. Paul, did you think you had the game at any stage? Uh, no, <laughs> no. I mean, you know, we three minutes to go uh, up by five. I remember, you know, on my radio saying to my. Uh, assistant Grant Wells saying this clock cannot go fast enough you know so and uh, my immediate response after the game was this game was three minutes too long or or six uh, or, or it was either three minutes too long or we needed another three minutes to try to do something so uh, it was a, that was a bit tough to sort of lose it you know we had it within our grasp made some mistakes to turn over the ball and then uh, that was it so from both of you, and by the way, you need to need to get the timing clocks from Argentina because I know several touring teams, uh, when the home side hits the front, mysteriously the uh, clock <laughs> blows at 75 minutes. So <laughs> that might have done the trick for you. But it, with, with up by five with that long to go, firstly, Paul, what was your message to the, to the boys to, to stay in front? Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. It's a bit of a sore subject because what I told them to do was was kick it down there, stay down there, keep them down there, and uh, and that's when they kicked it ten meters and and you know barely ten meters. Mm. Um, so it was you know I sort of saw that and I was going what the you know what the hell what were you what were you doing you know but we don't you know the, the way our approach is as coaches it's their game on the field we we try not to become overly involved uh it was sort of a shock to me when they kicked it short but that was it It was basically we just wanted to stay down there and uh keep the ball tight just keep it within the forwards just forward runners forward runners forward runners um and we were doing a good job of it unfortunately you know ball was knocked on and uh that that was sort of the turnover and uh, mike what about you you're down by five what what were your instructions uh, I don't think I had to give any instructions at that point. The guys really had to play desperate rugby. But, um, you know, one thing about our team is that we play uh, we play an 80-minute game week in and week out. Um, and, uh, you know, there, there was nothing different. You know, our guys are pretty fit. Um, they're pretty motivated, and they and they played the whole way through. There was never any, any giving up. You know, Golden Gate certainly shocked us, uh, you know, with three minutes to go. Not that their firepower was a surprise, but... You know, certainly with uh, I'm sorry, with about nine minutes to go, when they got the go-ahead try, you know, it, it you know it certainly looked uh, looked good for them. And but you know, that's a quarter of a, a half, you know, to play rugby. That's a lot of time. You know, it's a lot of time. So our guys kept positive, stuck to the game plan, uh, played the patterns, and um, you know they just didn't give up. And that and that was the thing. And I think our fitness uh, helped there. And I think the fact that they 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 play as a team and, and don't give up helped a lot. So. Not a lot of instruction there, just uh, basically playing playing solid ball. And, Mike, do you think it was a good advertisement for the game in, in America? Yeah, I do. Um, I got a lot of uh, 
I, I thought last year's grand final was very good. I thought this year's championship game was very good. And a lot of comments from people overseas, uh, friends of mine, and, and, and just people who uh, were able to contact me and said it was a hell of a game they watched. And I thought it was. I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was skillful. I thought it, it, it provided a good platform for the uh, Super League and for American rugby. Well, at the moment, there are a lot of finals being decided all over the place. Magnus League, Top 14, Super 14, uh, the Guinness Premiership. And the, I watched that game and I thought, man, this is high quality, it's fast, and it's physical. And I was really impressed with, with the decider. So congratulations to both of you. Uh, Paul, when, when you look at it, have you a chance to look at the game? I know many people have... I know players who haven't watched World Cup finals from a couple of years ago because they can't bear to do it, but... Have you been able to look at the the DVD yet? No, no. I, you know, it's, it's a bit tough because, uh, yeah, you know, the, you know, I can, I, you know, losing, losing's part of life. Sometimes you don't, you don't win. <laughs> I think uh, seeing some of the opportunities lost uh, uh, regarding, you know, especially like I said in the first half where we had some opportunities that we left on the table, um, and and you know, the, it's a funny thing because when you when when you come out on the short end, you second guess everything, you know, from your week of training, you know, who played where, you know, what decisions were made all along. When if, if we were three points ahead, we would have, you know, if we would have been the, the victor, you wouldn't have done that. So the, it's hard to go back and look at that tape because, you, you know, you might add to that second guessing. But at mm-hmm. some point we will. Uh, we will look at it and um, – Myself and, and Grant Wells will sit down, and we've already started preparing for next year. You know, we've added a strength and conditioning coach and uh, to the club and to our academy setup. So, uh, yeah, we've we're, we're looking forward to next year already. What about you, Mike? It's been pretty busy. Uh, you've uh, moved on to other duties as well. Uh, to be honest with you, you're, I haven't I haven't been able to see the game yet. Um, the next day was uh, was straight into Colorado and uh, right into it with the Eagles, so I haven't got to see it yet. So uh, at some point next week, when I have a little bit of free time, I, I certainly will. And I know what Paul is talking about. You know, there there are games from a couple of years ago that it's it, it, they're tough to look at um, after a tough loss. So you know, in some cases it's it's schedule. In some cases, you just uh, it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth and you move on. Okay, let's talk about some of the players then uh, before we move on to other subjects. And Paul, I'll give you a chance to talk about some of your players and, and give them a wrap, the players that really um, aimed up on the day and, and produced what you thought was a grand final performance. Well, I think, not, you know, uh, there are several. I think, I think you know, I think they all did. You know, I look at a guy like Danny LaPravat, though, you know, heartbroken after the game, you know, you know, teary-eyed you know you know sort of bewildered you know wishing he could have done more and thinks he could have done more and that you know that's the stuff where you know you just had this you had a great performance he performed well all day I mean I'm sure Mike looked at film he knows we kick off to the middle of the field and yet Danny was still able to run down and catch three kickoffs and uh you know that's the sort of that, that's what you want from from somebody out of the final and to see a player like like Danny do that you know, who's come up out of our high school program and just gives his heart and soul to the club, you know, that uh, I can't say anything more. And I think the other player would be a, a Mose Timoteo, you know, our, our captain and our leader. And, and the two the two players who went into the game injured, 
Uh, Mile Pulu had a broken hand going in, did everything he could. You know, unfortunately, you know, couldn't finish the game. And uh, Johnny Nikika as well, another player who, you know, we took chances playing guys uh, who were a bit banged up. And But the, the fact that they were willing to, to do that, you know, I think that says, you know, what, what the, the club players are all about for both teams because obviously both teams have injuries and, uh, you know, everybody wishes we were full strength. And I know Mike wishes he was full strength. and But to see guys, you know, willing to make that sort of commitment and, and play, you know, the, you know, as a coach, that, that's the stuff that uh, makes it fulfilling. Yeah, geez, I, I like Paul. I mean, first of all, it was such a physical game and um, – you know, it's tough to single out people when people are putting their bodies on the line. But a couple of guys who really stood out for us, I thought Brian Doyle, uh, our lock, played a hell of a game. Um, he was physical. He took, you know, he really uh, adjusted his line-out game. And he played a, a game that you want a lock to play in, in those circumstances. Uh, Mike Petrie, who's been steady for us all year, uh, played another very good game, probing and making right decisions and, and, and coordinating the attack. Uh, a guy who was a fill-in for uh, Jake Sprague, you know, um, eagle prop, uh, big loss. But Andrew King uh, stepped in at loose head and really played a hell of a game. And uh, a lot of credit to him because that's uh, wasn't it e- wasn't easy shoes to fill. And he he did a great job, you know, moving it up and getting involved in contact. Um, and uh, you know, those certainly some of our guys who stood out. Uh, Frank Sharp. Loose head, uh, I'm sorry, blind flanker. He uh, quiet physicality there. So those were some of the guys who really uh, who stood out in that game. So uh, that was uh, Super League Grand Final, the championship game, 2010, victory to Nyack, 28 points to 25. I did see uh, Bruce waddling or doing something, running onto the field, Mike. Did he do himself further injury? Um, he he almost got. Uh, crushed under the pile but fortunately he had a little layer uh, that to deal with and he absorbed it <laughs> a little layer <laughs> he, he came out he came out of the scrum alive and and well and <clears throat> was able to enjoy a uh, celebratory cocktail <laughs> fantastic and uh, bruce our thoughts are with you again this week and uh, you and your mother so um gentlemen that was uh, a cracking final and uh, it is hard to take when you lose them but it's also great when you win it but i think more importantly it was just a great contest and that's it's great for the game and i think a lot of people took notice around the world which was great stuff uh mike you spoke about uh the eagles program and of course the churchill cup matches are coming up um what's been happening eagles wise uh since the grand final well, uh, everyone assembled in, uh, well, most people assembled in Glendale on uh, Sunday evening. And on Monday started uh, double, double day sessions, two day sessions. So, uh, you know, as people came in from the sevens and from their club, uh, club teams from overseas, we've, uh, we've built numbers up and uh, basically just getting, for, getting ready for Russia, you know, getting new guys on board with the, with the new systems and old guys just back to form and, some of the tough part is, you know, you got guys like Danny LaPrevette and Biller and uh, Petri and Hall who played in that final. And you have guys who played in Europe in long seasons, you know, while he was in the finals uh, with Saracens and played 36 matches. So there are guys who have some mental and physical strain. And, you know, that's not easy. So it, it's a t- it's a 
it's a delicate balance of doing the things we need to be to be prepared, but also, you know, not only physically but um, it, in the mind, getting getting them ready to go. But uh, it's been an upbeat, positive camp. It's been productive, and uh, you know, hopefully, we're prepared for Russia by Saturday. And Paul, this is a couple of games, a couple of rankings games on home soil. We talked about the slippage in the rankings uh, last week or the week before, uh, but this is a chance where you can control your own destiny in terms of the IRB rankings. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's uh, it, it's a huge competition for the American team to prepare for uh, for the World Cup next year and, and an opportunity to play some international teams where we can move up in the rankings. I think... Um, uh, especially a team like Russia where we can probably get some points and then uh, later on hopefully against Canada, the old arch rival, and get some points there and, and move up. Like I said, I don't think it's vital. You know, it's, it's not vitally important when you slip in the rankings, but when you have an opportunity to play other international teams head-to-head where you can get some Ws, I think they're vital that you get them. All right, so uh, anything specific that you've been working on, Mike, since uh, in camp, or is it just basically getting things set? But you've had a couple of um, get-togethers so far this year. Yeah, well, those uh, those first two get-togethers were, were domestic uh, camps uh, slash trials. So, you know, we probably had about half the squad there. So half of it was kind of, you know, continuing to implement the system, and half of it was to have a look at, at, at the new guys and see what they can do. So, you know, when, when we come into this camp, it's more just flat on getting into our program. Um, and, you know, obviously there's a lot to cover. So it's, uh, it's trying to get the, the real fundamentals that we need for, for our team. Um, you know, getting in the right amount of time with the right amount of rest. So it's a, it's a challenge. You know, it's a challenge to do what you can do while, you know, keeping the players fresh, you know, keeping their legs fresh. Uh, so it, it's always a demand, but you know it's it's simplicity and it's getting everyone on the same page. Those are priorities uh, one and two that uh, that Eddie's trying to accomplish. All right, so uh, big program coming up for the Eagles this year. Wanted to uh, quickly mention, and I know Bruce was keen to talk about it, but uh, College Sevens and where it sits in the game, Paul. What do you think about the push for Sevens is going to get greater and greater as we approach the Olympics? So. The earlier it starts, I guess, in some camps, uh, the better the players will be. I th- I think so. I mean, uh, I shockingly I played a lot of sevens, um, <laughs> so I'm pretty excited about the fact that um, you know sevens is picking up, uh, especially on the college level. I think that there's some opportunities there, especially to to grow the game and market the game. I just don't know where it's going to fit into the schedule of of everything and. Um, uh, what concerns me is the push for certain teams, certain college teams to be included or not included based on maybe other reputations um, aside from rugby. So I think that's it's going to get real interesting that they might look for a team that's that's known for maybe being a football team and has a well-known product name, but not necessarily when you look at 15's rugby, that it's as well known or has as much success um and i think that alternatively it may bring success to their 15s because they have these opportunities but i think at the beginning it'll it'll have its growing pains because of uh looking to identify the brands to be involved as opposed to the the rugby involved yeah i you know one of the 
what Paul just said, uh, I have a little disagreement with only because I, I think at this point our game needs to be branded. Um, and I think people relate to big time universities and I think selling names, anything we can use to sell the game is important. And I agree with Paul that there might not be some merit with some universities who are, uh, you know, maybe just names, but their rugby program isn't necessarily there. Uh, however, I'm a big believer in, in our sport of really selling an event first or a name or whatever it, whatever it can do to attract people there. I think then the rugby, you know, the rugby may pick up or they, the people, the fans may be interested, become interested in rugby. But I think selling the event and, and sometimes the bigger universities that people relate to uh, with other sports and, and alumni, I, I think that's a, that might be a good way to go. But, you know, it is early days, and I'm sure some mistakes will be made and some progress will be made. But I, I think it's a good thing. You know, one, one thing I think is very good is that, you know, we now have 32 schools going for And I know it's a little different from the sevens, but we have a lot of schools that now people can start funneling high school players into and saying, hey, you know, this is, this is a start. This is some of the schools who are getting to the upper echelon. And, um, you know, I think that's important because we have a lot of good high school players coming out of, uh, out of the programs now. And now there's schools of every type that we can send them to. Very good academic, um, ones that aren't as challenging that some students can't get into. So I think, it, you know, there's going to be a lot of uh, growing pains in this, but I think, it's, you know, it's a good start. So, uh, Paul, this College Sevens uh, enterprise is really about marketing first almost. Uh, yeah, I'm... I sort of agree with Mike. I understand, you know, marketing-wise, you know, the American public will recognize certain names uh, over others. Um, I just, uh, I, I always, I think that if you're going to go to, you only get one chance to go to market, and you make sure that the product you can put is as as good as a product as you can put out, and hopefully they can grow past, you know, continue to grow past that. I think that. While they're going to market with with all these teams, I think they need to do everything they can to help those teams put the best product out there. And if that means that they have to help them identify coaches and and programs and stuff like that, I think they that that has to come with it. And I'm sure down the road it it will. Um, I think it was probably more of an opportunity. You know, now is a great opportunity, and to get NBC on board, I think you go with. I think they did the right thing. You go with the names that people are going to recognize, but I think they're going to have to build some of the infrastructure behind it to make sure that uh, the product uh, meets the uh, the branding. Okay, so looking forward to the Churchill Cup, uh, Mike, what are you looking for there? Are you looking to fine-tune or are you looking to actually win? Uh, we're actually we're looking to win. I mean, it's... For, for a country who has uh, as few assemblies as we do, it's always going to be, you know, there's always going to be two agendas, uh, two items on the agenda. Uh, we're looking to win. Every time we go on the field, we're looking to win. But certainly, you know, when we get together and we get all these guys together for a precious three weeks, uh, there's, there's systems that we're going to try to put in, uh, adjustments that we're going to make. So, you know, it's always a, it's always a double agenda here. But... Uh, First and foremost, we're def most definitely trying to win, um, and make no mistake about that. Um, hopefully, that happens. Uh, but you know, we, we we're making progress going into the next World Cup, and it, you know, it's got to start now. It's a long time away, but things that we have to uh, put in 
and implement have to be started now to make adjustments to get personnel. So, uh, yeah, it's both, but most certainly we're going to win. And aside from the Churchill Cup, what about uh, the Russian game, if I can just go back to that? How important is it to get a gauge of what they're doing, how they, how they feel when you play against them uh, this close to the World Cup? Because before you know it, you'll be heading to New Zealand. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, they're, they're in our pool and, uh, you know, we're going to be playing them. And I think both teams will be interested to see how the other one goes. And, uh, you know, I think as soon as the match is over, both teams will go away and start gleaning information uh, in every aspect and every level. And we have a great video analyst uh, in Dave Hodges. He's a tireless worker. Uh, he gets every single detail and for the coaches. And, uh, you know, I think that's going to be big. And, and obviously that's a uh, the U.S. and Russia in, in that pool are going to be the teams that everyone can look at to be the most competitive with each other uh, in, in, in terms of um, uh, where Russia's standing is and where our standing is in the uh, – in the world rankings, so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, an interesting game, and uh, teams will will be gleaning it out. Both teams will be gleaning out information from it. Paul, where do you think Russia stands at the moment, and uh, what 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 are the things that the Eagles have to look out for when you play a team like the, like the Russian team? They're they're I'd say they're a bit of an unknown, but I think that uh, from their reputation, they're they're gonna have a physicality. And the one thing that they they do have uh, historically is uh, backing for for their national sports teams from the government. So that's always going to be a huge contributing factor that you know in, in correlation that we don't have. In contrast, um, so I think they're going to be very well prepared. And, and in a country where you know having traveled there, it doesn't take uh, expense wise that much to actually keep a team assembled and training. I think they're going to be very well prepared um, and very physical and, and very fit. All right, gentlemen. Well, uh, shorter show this week, but I think we can wrap it up pretty much there. Um, what, what are your plans now, Paul? Um, you've already started planning for next season. Uh, yeah, we uh, we have a, the San Francisco Rugby Academy, uh, which we started um, to develop young players. So we have a camp this summer. Uh, then we have to prepare for the National Sevens, which we're hosting, and then continue on, you know, growing our academy and our programs and start, uh, you know, we're going to lose some players. We know that. And we're going to need to replace some players and just start building towards the next year. And and we'll see uh, how everything shapes up with the Super League. And the league might look a little different, might look the same, and, uh, and just try to continue to, uh, you know, grow the league and, and put out, a product like we did on the weekend, hopefully week in, week out. Yeah, great product. Actually, I'll include the link on on this story page as well so you can't miss it. So, um, Paul, thanks for joining us uh, from the West Coast tonight. Uh, Commiserations, but thanks for a great grand final. Uh, Thanks for having me, and it's always a pleasure. And Mike Tolkien, champions for 2010. It must feel good, um, and obviously um, it was a... A good flight back east for many of the other uh, players that weren't going uh, to uh, USA camp. Sure, it was a great. Uh, I'm sure it was a great flight home for them. Little, uh, little celebration over the country, but um, it was good. Uh, it was a great way to win the season. Obviously, finish the season. Obviously, it's long. Yeah, people put in a lot of work on all teams, and uh, it was great to finish on top this year. So, very much appreciated. 
All right, Mike Tolkien joining us uh, tonight from Eagles Camp. And, of course, we'll have more details on how the Eagles are going next week. Uh, Hopefully Bruce uh, will be back with us on board for episode 24. But for now, this is show 23 of Rugger Matrix USA. We'll catch up with you next week.